new early time. We're going to test out this early time for all you East Coasters and abroad. We're going to try out this time and see how that works for you so that, you know, some of the West Coasters like myself have the, the early late time and then the East Coasters and abroad have flexibility too. So you guys, welcome to the Melanated Way. I'm Linda and guess who's the special co-host for this show? April's in the house. <laughs> Um, guys, new show, Match Me Abroad, and I'm finding it refreshing. I'm finding it um, just really, really sweet, covering topics that are very, very relatable. You know, someone that's older who's looking for love, someone um, who's on the spectrum looking for love, someone who's dealing with uh, self-esteem and weight issues looking for love. Um, I believe that there is an ASL person looking for love. So there's a bunch of different people and I'm really here for it. I'm really here for it so far. Yeah, I'm so, so we excited. Look fresh. We look fresh, <laughs> like not a, not end of day. We look like very like midday fresh. <laughs> <laughs> the day has not drained me yet. Right? That part. Uh, guys, welcome, welcome, welcome live chat. Shout out to Crystal and Stevie. We see you in the live chat. Go ahead and take a moment to like and subscribe um, to both my page as well as April's page, who is streaming simultaneously on her page right now. So everyone, welcome. Uh, let's get into it. Overall thoughts of this first episode, season one, episode one of Match Me Abroad. I already like it. I'm already hooked. I'm into it. Producers did a good job. And Susan said the thing that resonated with me so much, seek help wherever needed. That part. That part. So let's do a little breakdown. Um, we'll start with Susan because they started with Susan. I'm going to go ahead and give you the synopsis of each of the singles, and then we'll talk about what's going on. So Susan, she's 52. And she's a New Yorker. She's packing her bags and her dog child, uh, Calliope, to find herself a Latin hunk. Uh, <laughs> but can she check off her laundry list of must-haves? She has a long list of must-have required uh, situations, uh, including a full head of hair, financial independence. We'll talk about all the things that she's looking for uh, before she gives, on, gives up on love forever. So... What were your overall thoughts on Susan? I actually was surprised that when they asked what was on her list, that she wasn't more inward um, because I felt like she could find those physical attributes in New York. That part. Hey, Gretchen. So one of the things that I thought was interesting is that when we got introduced to her, she said she was 50, but she's actually 52, which, you know, I guess neither here nor there uh, but it made me wonder if they'd film this earlier like uh pre-pandemic or during the pandemic or I, I wasn't sure about that part uh but she looks amazing regardless of how old she is she credits it to lots of wine and Botox and um she works in the finance industry she's a head fund person so we know that she's financially stable and um, she got married at the young, ripe age of 23. Her ex-husband is a doctor. I guess between his hours and his career, they drifted apart, April. 
They got divorced by 26 and she's been single ever since. She says her love life has sucked since then. And dating in New York City has made her tired. Now, have you ever, have you been to New York, April? Yeah, I never lived there. I've only been as a visitor. Okay. Uh, I was bi-coastal for about a year. And so I love New York men. I do. I, I do. I love the swagger. I love the bravado of it all. But dating in New York is definitely not the easiest of places to date because there are so many people and it's like a go, 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 go uh, type of situation. So it's interesting to me because I, I look at her and I think, you know, from 23 to 26, she was married and from 26 to 52, she's been single. And I'm sure there have been, you know, men in and out. And like she's talked about, she's tired of like swiping, swiping, swiping. And she gave a really good example. She's like, you know, you you match with someone and you think it's great, but then, you know, there's that tendency to look on who else you can match with. So there's no like substance. And I thought that that was really relatable mm -hmm. since that, yeah, it's like we're in this microwave world now where dating is like, oh, well, yeah, I match with so-and-so, but like maybe I'll match even better with someone else. Thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I think that she's right. I think that if you're going to use apps as your primary source of dating, you have to tell your, you have to give yourself a limit of how much time you're going to spend looking at new people so that you can focus on the people you've already matched with. Is that how it works? Because, you know, I don't online date, so. I, yeah, I think, well, I mean, I'm no expert, but I think that the more you spend time swiping, the less time that you're really paying attention to the people that you are matching with. So if you give yourself a limit, like I'm only going to swipe on new people on Mondays and the rest of the week, I'm focused on having conversation with the people that I've already matched with, getting to know them better, going out on dates, so and so and so forth. And it would probably work out better than I mean, somebody who swipes really good, every day. I think that's really good advice, but I feel like it's, it's like, you know, you're watching a show and you're on your phone, you're watching a show and you're on, you know, Instagram or YouTube or whatever, like you're multitasking. I feel like dating nowadays is like multitasking. Like you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket just in case. But then at the same time, like Susan said, if you're not really putting that effort in, then perhaps you're not, you're not digging down to that next layer, which could be an amazing layer. Like you might be missing out. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, between 26 and 50, I think she had time to slow down and just <laughs> <laughs> stop swiping for a few days a week. <laughs> uh, what we do find out as well is that she spent some time uh, about 20 years ago in South America and she loved it. So she wants to go back to that live in the vida loca lifestyle. So she's going to go to Colombia to find the love of her life. And so... One of the things that you mentioned at the top of the show is something that she swears by. She's like, you know, she's a big believer in seeking help when you need help. So, for example, she's like, I go to therapy, right, to deal with my mm -hmm. mental health. I want to look young and fresh, so I deal with my beauty. So whether that's makeup or Botox or whatever, I seek professionals for that. So why not seek a professional in her love life, considering she said, quote, her ticker is off, which I think is the only time that April, she's referred to herself in like, okay, maybe some of it has to do with me. <laughs> right. 
because the rest is like her list. Woo, her list. Gretchen says, I met my husband on Tinder. Do you still have him saved as so-and-so tender in your phone? <laughs> well, that's her husband, though, so. I would do it. It'd be like husband tender. <laughs> so Susan is matched with Juan Nino. And I'm going to pull his picture up right now. So this is Juan Nino. He's a Colombian matchmaker. I'll read you the synopsis. It says, based in Colombia, matchmaker one takes on Susan, who we're talking about. But he's also going to have uh, Nathalie and Chad, who we both haven't met yet. So there are two other um, matchies that we haven't met yet. And you guys, one of the things I didn't realize after watching this first season premiere is that there are a bunch of people that we haven't met yet. So each of these matchmakers, each of the matchmakers are taking on at least two or three people. So one of the things I think is interesting, April, are all the matchies like going to be out there and are they going to hang out with each other and like, or are they going to be separate and living separate lives? What do you think? I would like for them to be separate and living separate lives because I didn't enjoy when we watched on 90 Day Fiance when Cesar went on the group meet with uh, all the other guys in, in, in Ukraine. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't like that format. Okay. I wouldn't mind if they like stayed at the same hotel or something and like after they did their own thing, like they met up for drinks and like did a breakdown. That would be I wouldn't mind that. Okay, not so a group date. Not a group date. Gotcha. So, and I don't think it can be a group date because with the matchmaker, they they individualize it for you, do they not? Because I know with Caesars, it seemed more like a speed dating situation rather than than an actual matchmaker. I mean, he called that woman a matchmaker, but he was put in a speed dating situation, so I don't really know. Yeah. Okay, so Juan Nino is based in Colombia. And uh, like I said, he's taking on Susan, Nathalie, and Chad. Uh, he prides himself in blending cultures and coaching his clients to work on themselves to find their perfect match. So one of the things uh, we learn with Juan is that he's like, you know, what do they need to work on? Which I think is a great question. Mm -hmm. uh, he thinks that Susan is wounded and she has a lot of walls up. So it's going to be harder for her. And do you think that he said that because she's older and single or what do you think? I think it must have been based on whatever answer she provided in this detailed questionnaire. Um, he could probably see when. OK, so for me, whenever I ask somebody what they're looking for, if they start out talking about physical attributes, I'm like, this person is not as emotionally available as I want them to be for me. Like, because I need you to start talking about what, what you you've dated people in the past who look exactly the way that you want them to look and it did not work out. So start off by telling me what are your emotional needs that are not being met that you want going forward? Absolutely. I agree with you 100 percent. So uh, she's very picky, Juan says. And so she has a lot of wants, even her friend, I don't even think I wrote her friend's name down, but her friend is like, she has a list of like 200 things that she is requiring in a relationship. One of them is she has to have a, uh, the person has to have a full set of hair. Is that how you say it? Yes. <laughs> uh, has to be well-traveled. 
uh, share the same belief system as her, financially stable, uh, and her list goes on. Uh, what are some of the things that you look for in a mate, April? So my very first question always is, what is something that used to be a closely held belief that you had that you have since changed your mind about and why? That's a really good question. I want to know how do you take in external information and how willing are you to self-reflect? It's a really good question. And then my second question is always, uh, would you date a transgender person? It's always your second question? Always. That's good to know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, let's question. get to the point. I, I, Go ahead. I'm here for um, a good time, not a long time. Let's get straight to it. That's right. What is what is uh what does Miss Debbie say? Miss Debbie says the sunset of my life. <laughs> In the sunset of my life. Um I always ask one of the first questions I ask on a date though is, you know, I know that you think that you're single, but is there anyone else that thinks they're in a relationship with you? I think that's a very a important question. Uh, question to ask because oftentimes uh people are not very upfront with you and so th that's an important question and then all the other questions that i tell you guys uh i think is important as well is you know are you guys in the same place at the same time like are you looking for the same things are we wasting time when you're like hey i just want to go out for a good time not a long time i'm not looking for something long term uh, maybe this person's looking to hook up and this person is not. Maybe this person wants kids. Maybe this person doesn't. Maybe this person is financially stable and the other person isn't. Maybe this person is a saver and the other person's a spender. Like all the things are all the things that at some point, doesn't have to be the first date, but at some point you have to have that conversation. Do you right. agree? Agree. Okay, so those are the things that one uh we'll be dealing with with susan and susan acknowledges that her picker has been off and so she's going to put all of her faith in Juan in finding her a significant other during her travel day i thought it was interesting that you know i know that she's a firm mom but i thought it was interesting that she's bringing her dog with her what did you think about that april I, I think it's really limiting. I don't have a pet, so maybe I just can't relate, but how are you going to be able to date freely while you're down there and you have to take care of your dog as well? And then I, I just don't like people having their dogs on planes. Unless it's a service animal. I can't, I, I, I've had bad experience with people having their just pet dogs on the plane with us. Mm -hmm. Just, they, they poop, they stink, ugh. So one of the things that I think is interesting, and I feel like this may be uh, something that we look at, but this might be her crutch, right? And I understand that she's a fur mom and I get it. It's important and I understand it to all the animal lovers out there. However, I do agree with April. I think it limits her um, because you don't even know who you're meeting yet. And you're already saying that this is the thing that is most important to me and you have to be okay with that no matter what right which i understand that's your pet and your pet is your pet but i feel like she is already putting limits on who she's allowing herself to be exposed to 
Mm-hmm. So like, are you leaving the dog at the hotel while you go on your dates or your dog is your dog going on the dates with you? And like, if so, what does that look like? And so you plan the, like, I just, you know what I mean? I'm taking you out on a romantic date at this X and X restaurant. Oh, but I have to bring my dog. Do they? Like, it's just, like, yeah. Have you ever had one of those dates? It starts out being like maybe a brunch and then it rolls into an afternoon at the park and then rolls into like a dinner. And like, how do you, how are you going to be able to freely date and utilize all the time that you have in Columbia if you have to be like, oh, I got to go back to the hotel and take care of my dog? That part. And you're a hedge fund person. Go ahead and pamper your dog if your dog's like your baby exactly there are doggy daycares doggy hotels the whole nine yards in new york city go ahead and let your dog have like a little vacay as well oh, and they'll send her pictures all day long or she could just look on the camera see what the dog is doing they have those that really part. fancy ones that part i'm really shiny today so she takes her dog with her uh she lands in Medea and uh juan pablo who is Juan Manuel's associate picks her up. But I don't know about y'all, but I saw Juan Pablo looking a little like, oh, who's this? <laughs> I was like, oh, is she already matched five seconds into this? Because she, she's doing a lot of like, oh, have you been here before? And I was like, oh, Juan Pablo is giving her the googly eyes. Did you notice See? that? I thought he was just being personable as part of his job of retrieving the clients. Oh, it was a little bit more than being personable i thought but i could be wrong my know when somebody's flirting with me is off so i'm probably the one who's wrong um i'll say mine's not (laughs) mine's not i'm not very good at it but i know when it's happening um so she talks about again how she hasn't been back to south america in like 20 years so that is who she is one of one's clients and let's not forget, you guys, Juan is going to have, did I say one or two other clients? He is going to have Nathalie two other, and yes, Nathalie and Chad. And let me tell you something. I waited. I was going to put everyone up, but I'm going to wait for you guys to meet them so you guys can get your own like little impressions. But let me just give you a little hint about Chad and why Chad is going to be interesting to me, at least. Chad has had three failed engagements. Okay, and he is looking for a Colombian princess. So I'm gonna guess he proposes really quickly. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that, and I'm also gonna guess that he doesn't have the follow through that he needs, and that's why the women leave him, or people leave him. I'm assuming they're women, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, Harold. <laughs> Oh, Harold. I'm going to be super nice to Harold just because I really am rooting for him. I do think that he's taking things like he just wants love. You know, April, he just wants to find love. And he has recently um, started to mature. So let me read you the synopsis for Harold first. uh, And then we can go from there. What were your overall thoughts as I look for Harold? I, I think it's, um, I, I'm really nervous for Harold. I, I want the best for him, but I'm so nervous because he just, he's just now coming into his own with work, with living by himself. 
and now he's going to be traveling by himself. And I don't think that his matchmaker has a really firm grasp on what autism is, the way she talks to him. So I'm just worried about him. Same. And especially because she says that she's had autistic clients before. Yeah, she said that, but then she tried to tell a joke that was not going to land. No, it wasn't going to land and he was going to take it seriously. So him and his rocks and a thousand condoms are all going to be somewhere where they're not supposed to be. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, Coastal Closet Chronicle says, I can't believe I made it to a live. Love you too. Hooray! You made it. Oh, Harold. (laughs) Harold, this is the synopsis. Harold's 41, the self-proclaimed starving artist from New Mexico is living on his own with a real job for the very first time. He's created the life he's always dreamed of, but he's missing someone to share his love and rock collection with. And I know that this is the second time we're mentioning the rock collection, but it is his prized possession besides some other prized possessions. So, He's from uh, Los Alamos, Los Alamos, New Mexico. He really loves his suspenders, and he feels like he's a dreamer. Uh, he has a he's been able to recently establish a group of friends. Uh, he's moved out uh, for the first time at forty one uh, to his own apartment. He's been living on his own for about five months, and he feels like the only thing that he's missing is true love. Um. So we get to his apartment. He has several desks because each desk does its own thing, like a work desk, his art desk, etc. And uh, he, up until recently, like I said, lived with his parents. Um, and he talks about his background. So he was diagnosed years ago um, for being on the spectrum uh, at age eight. And he was diagnosed with ADD without hyperactivity, and he's also autistic. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. I think as far as I know, yeah. And so he is an artist, and he showed us his artwork. Uh, he's also an inventor um, and showed us his some of his, well, not in detail, but some of his inventions. And he has books and books of inventions. And in 2019 he realized like you know what he's a starving artist but he's not going to be able to live at home forever so he went back to school and now he's a radiation protection tech and he loves rocks he has a rock collection i know this is the third time i'm saying rock collection because i have a feeling that this is going to be a big part of his whole storyline uh, he talks about how he has assets now, how he has a 401k now, and now he's ready to find love and get married immediately. Same. <laughs> same Harold, same. Same Harold, yeah. Same Harold. Uh, and for him, dating has been painful. He feels like American women, uh, they play too many games and they don't say what they mean or mean what they say. And so he wants to be able to date an Eastern European woman because he found or heard that they were blunt and they say what they want. And I feel like that has a lot to do with his autism. Any thoughts, April? I think that if he was dating someone who understood what autism was and that he wants and needs very direct and clear communication that doesn't require him to 
guess what the meaning is. He would do just fine with American women. Um, but maybe there's not that kind of dating service. I would assume by now that there would be that kind of dating service specialized, but I guess not. I wonder if there is. I also wonder how much he discloses uh, immediately, right? Well, he said that he only recently stopped masking, so that might also be part of the issue. Yeah. Right, because I, I would think that, let's say I met, I matched with someone online and they were on the spectrum, but maybe after like one or two dates, they haven't mentioned that, then I'm just going to think that they're a specific way. And if I don't know anything about uh, autism or ADD, that person hasn't given me the opportunity to like research it and see if I would be, if there's anything on my end that I could do to communicate to see if that there would be a fit, if that makes sense. Right. It does. Right. But I mean, he would have to say something. And I don't know if that's something that you say immediately or you don't, I don't know. I would hope that he would, would. Well, I, I, I told you I dated the one autistic guy before. You he did. said it right away. He said it up front. Um, but I still made a joke that didn't land. <laughs> so it didn't go well. Right. So, I mean, I guess we'll find out. So he is going to Prague. He wants to meet a Czech woman. And here's the thing also, too. So, Harold, love you. But I really also think that you are going to have to have some realistic expectations. And I'm hoping that uh, Katrina, who's your matchmaker, is going to be a proper matchmaker for you. Because there's a little bit of stereotyping going in there, Harold. And eh, I don't know if that's your best foot forward. So he's going to Czech Republic because, A, he heard that the Eastern Euro European women are blunt, but also to you guys, because he loves tall, sexy blondes. So Harold took an honest look at his life, uh, as honest as he can be self-evaluating. And he said, I don't have a real, uh, I don't have not a real job, but I don't have income that would support me being in a relationship. So I'm going to go back to school and get the income. And then he said, I live with my parents. That's not going to be helpful with me getting a relationship. So he got his own place. Like he's able to logically look at the things that he needs yeah. in order to have a relationship. Yeah. But yet he still looked at himself and said, I can get a tall European blonde woman. Maybe I'm the one who's wrong. I'm just saying, like, you, again, set yourself up for success. And, and I'm not saying that he can't get that, but he should also not limit himself to what he thinks is his ideal. Mm -hmm. Now, um, let's meet his matchmaker. So we meet his matchmaker, Katerina. Uh, she's based in Prague. This is the synopsis. Czech Republic. Um Katerina puts her blood, sweat, and tears into being a professional matchmaker and relationship consultant. She has an 80% 80 success rate and will be taking on Harold and Michelle, who we haven't met yet as clients. Um, 
you guys, when you meet Michelle, her little breakdown is just like, whoa. <laughs> Anyhow. Is, is Michelle being matched with a, a man or a woman? Um, a man. Okay. And I, I'm really excited about that because so far, like in the 90 day world, we have not met any Eastern European men. That's true. But she wants a specific type of man. I'll say it like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but I don't, cause I don't want to, I don't want to wreck it yet. I want to introduce as we meet. Okay. So, uh, Katerina. Yeah, Katerina, 80% success rate. Um, she talks about how Harold is not the type of man most women would go for. He's very unique, she says, and very different. Um, she also talks about how he's not a grown-up man yet, and he's looking for his mommy. So if she knows all of these things, then I just am curious who she is going to be setting him up with. Like, I don't know. I'm just going to say, like, if she realizes that he is not mature enough and he's he's not grown up enough and she knows that he barely made it out of his mama's house just five, six months ago, maybe you say to him, like, work on yourself a little bit longer, April. Or maybe she matches him with somebody who doesn't mind being a mommy slash partner. Oh God! There are plenty of women who do that. They might not go into their relationship saying that's what they're going to do, but they do it. Oh, that sounds terrible. Shots fired. That sounds you, terrible. Maybe. No, I you, 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 you. There are women that want to be men's mommies and their partners. That sounds we, terrible. We know these women and we love these women. Unfortunately, that's just the, the hand that got dealt to them. They are the same women who uh, prepare every single meal. Uh, yep. Midwife K. Mm -hmm. You're right. Sorry. I did forget about them. Uh. Darcy and Stacy's guys on and Andre are from Moldova. Yeah, right? Andre oh, yeah. is from Moldova. You're right. You know what? I wasn't even considering Moldova as like Eastern European. I was thinking of like the Czech Republic, like um, Serbia. Like I was thinking about that. But you're right, Moldova. Um, what was I? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, yeah, there are plenty of women like they, they, their husbands don't do anything but play golf and they're the ones they're taking care of the kids. They're making all of his doctor's appointments. They're making all the food like they're playing the mommy role, whether they admit it or not. Fair. Uh, one of the other things that Katerina says is that she thinks that um, Harold doesn't believe in himself. And so it's going to be challenging uh, to set him up. And again, I just feel like if she is this blood, sweat, and tears, 80% success rate, works hard, I, I don't know. I'm hoping that she is looking at Harold in his totality um, and is going to be able to be open and honest with him. And maybe it works right now and maybe it doesn't because he's gung-ho. Like, he thinks, like Caesar thought, he's going to go to the Czech Republic and in this one and only trip meet his future wife. Like, that is what Harold thinks. Yeah. Okay. So then we meet Deborah, his mom, Harold's mom. Uh, she seems very, very sweet. She's really concerned 
because she even says that Harold has done a lot of growing up in a short amount of time. And I would think that she wants him to continue to go on that trajectory. And I'm just assuming this, I don't know that this is to be true, but if he's lived at home till now, 41 years old, uh, I don't think that he's probably traveled abroad by himself before. I think this is probably going to be his first time. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have gone to, to Prague before, but um, it is a very open city. And I just hope that, I just, I just really hope that he doesn't get lost in the shovel. Shovel? That's a good way to, to phrase that. That's yeah, because I wanted to say something else, but my <laughs> mind said, Linda, stop it. <laughs> It's a beautiful city, you guys, by the way. Like, so much history, amazing food. If you ever give the opportunity to go, please go. Um, so mom's really, really concerned about him. And she's also worried because, you know, anytime that they've had to take care of something for him, he's just, like, he lived at home. So he's right there. They could fix it. And he's going to be halfway across the world. And if something happens, she's not going to be able to just go and fix it. Um <clears throat> And then, I don't know, like, it, Harold, your, your first little apartment, super cute, your little, like, half bunk bed situation, and your pet, all of it was very cute to me. And then he went 360, you guys. <sighs> Midwife Crystal says, never been there, but I remember the go-go dancer from there, too. I mean, you're saying enough right there crystal that that is all you need to know so okay back to harold so harold goes from zero to 360 so like i said to you guys he wants to meet his wife on this trip and he's convinced that he's going to meet her so he's decided that he is going to go and this is april where you're going to come in a lot too uh he's going to go meet up with an attorney uh, because he wants to get a pre-marital agreement in place because he wants to take care of all the tech matters, right? All the technical things that you need to do before you get married. So he meets up with uh, Dan Monty, who is, I'm assuming, um, a marriage lawyer. Family law. Family yeah, law. Divorce. Yeah. Divorce lawyer, something, right? And he sits down and he just starts talking about his intellectual property. This is where we learn that uh, he wants to protect what he calls his assets, which are his artwork and his invention books. Um, because his inventions are going to be world changing and they're going to be worth multi, like $10 million, $2 million, his books upon books upon books. And he wants to make sure that when he meets his tall, sexy blonde in the Czech Republic, that she is not a gold digger uh, because that money is money that he's made and his inventions that he's made before he met her. Um, and so that should be his. And if she stays with him for a long time, then he's willing to share. Um, so he doesn't want to divide the assets. And so he wants to know a little bit more about uh, 
this whole premarital agreement. Dan says, okay, but so what does your fiance think about all of this? And Harold's like, well, I haven't met her yet. And Dan was like, oh, I've never come across this situation. Now, April, from an attorney's point of view, go ahead and speak on that. Um, oh, okay, Crystal. Crystal says, I respect Harold for trying to do some research with a lawyer in general. Other folks haven't. That's true. Um, this attorney that he consulted with might feel differently. I would have felt like this is a waste of my time. Um, <laughs> because you can't <laughs> make a joke. Oh my God, I almost spit my water on TV. It's like, imagine somebody calling me and saying that they want me to talk th to them about a K visa, but they don't even have a fiance yet. You're wasting my time. Mm -hmm. um, the information that he's looking for, I think he could have found online as far as like the basics about a prenup. Um, which is good to research, but you're sitting down with someone, you think they're just going to give you a blank prenup and you just fill in the name. That's not how that works. I, I mean, I agree. I think that he jumped the gun a little bit. I mean, at least meet the person and, you know, even, even after meeting them, if you think that that person's the one, then yeah, I can understand. You're like, Hey, I am going to go ahead and talk to you about a premarital agreement, but you haven't even met the person. And maybe you might be feel differently after you meet the person. You might not even think that you need it. So why not meet the person first before you go to this free consultation uh, to an attorney that you know probably makes like at least a couple hundred dollars an hour yeah. that he could have consulted on someone who actually really needs services rendered immediately. You and know. a prenup is not really going to have a lot of validity attached to it unless the other party has an opportunity to review it, um, have a lawyer look at it if they want to. So it's not really something that you're going to do in a week or two. Yeah. I mean, so Harold feels like he was doing his due diligence. Um, and Dan, the lawyer, says, you know, here's what you need to do. Step one, go ahead and find the woman. <laughs> Then step two, go ahead and list your assets, right? Because you guys, I know we're saying all of this stuff, but like his assets are non-tangible right now, right? Yes, he said he mentioned a 401k. I guess that that's tangible. But the other assets like these inventions and his artwork, I mean, I know that it's important to him, but like no one else has assessed it for its worth. Yeah, he thinks that having it drawn means that if later on it becomes an invention that a wife can't share that property, and that's not exactly how that's going to work because they're for to going from drawing to actually being something that's manufactured and sold. There's a lot of steps in between there, and she could be involved in those steps. Right. So he is packing up. He's getting ready to go. Uh, he's got his clothes picked out. His mom's there to take him to the airport. He goes ahead and calls Katerina. Uh, Katerina does this condom joke that, again, didn't land um, at all because he took her seriously, right? And that's one of the reasons he chose to go to Prague is because he believes that they're very direct. So right. um, I just hope that he doesn't 
think that now he's going to go and get a bunch of jiggy jiggy, right? Because that also too is how he's going to interpret that. Exactly. But he's going to expect to be having a lot of sex because his matchmaker told him to bring a bunch of condoms. Uh, the other thing he wanted to do, he wanted to bring his rock collection um, and his invention books. And she had to remind him that, you know, you are traveling and those things are heavy. So you might want to leave your rock collection at home. And she had, we, she, we have rocks in Prague. You're missing the point. He's attached to his rocks. Right. Which is, uh, which is what I, so here is where I'm a little frustrated already with her because she uh, took the time to mention that she has worked with autistic people before. So if you've worked with autistic people before, then I would think that your experience would, I don't know. Make yeah, she would be better than that. Better than what what's happening right now. But we'll see. One of the cuties that came out of this, and I'm just going to say it from the beginning, and um, I know you guys all love April, and April is going <laughs> to give you the wisdom, um, but I'm going to give you what I think because that's who I am. So, and... I know y'all will come with for me, but I have grown a thick skin by now. I love this next girl, and I feel like she's very relatable. I think that she's relatable uh, just from a, even a Black girl perspective, uh, especially um, being a Black girl in California right now where, you know, everything's supposed to be blonde hair, blue eyes, size zero. Um, so she was just really relatable in a lot of ways to me. Not in all the ways, but in some of the ways. Um, but like, uh, April, like I said, April is gonna go ahead and school us. She's already schooled me, uh, but I still have not let it go. I think that this next girl is a beautiful soul. I really do. She came across very sweet and very like ambitious and looking for love. And I just think that her name is unfortunate. I think that it's an unfortunate choice. And I want to talk to her mom, Yvonne, because there's an Yvonne, a Jennifer, uh, who else did I write down? A Marilyn, a Tamika in her family. And so Stanika, I just need to know where that name came from and what what's behind in the meaning of it, because I just could see her being teased as a child. And I think that that's unfortunate. That's all. Well, yeah, I grew up in mostly in Georgia. And I just can't imagine being named Stanika when Stankonia came out. I don't know like, what it is. That would have been unbearable. Like Outcast is has an album called okay. Stankonia, okay. which is really, really popular. If you're an Outcast fan, you know it. Okay. Um, so yeah, that would make her the butt of some jokes, but I am I I like unique names. So I also have I mean, my name is April, and that's only because I'm the fourth child, and my parents were really over it, and they only had me to be a playmate for my sister, so I didn't get like a cool unique name. But my sisters are Tria, Latanya, Yvette, Theodora, Glenda. My cousins are Sharia, Shantika, Shanique, 
um, Nyquita, like we have these kind of names in our family too. And I felt like the oddball for not having a cool, unique name among everybody else. No, I'm about the cool, unique names. <laughs> you know, my Guinean name is Dafia. It means born on Friday. Aww. That's a lot of information for y'all, by the way. Um, <laughs> but let me I'm write sorry. that down, Sophia. It's not Sophia. Thank God you didn't hear me right. <laughs> now I'm gonna Google what what is it born it's, on Friday and it's Afia. Uh, Afia, A F I A. Some people spell it A F U A. Afia. You know what? I went to school with a girl named Afia Hinkson. I wonder if she was Ghanaian. She absolutely was, and she was born on Friday. Huh. Um. So, anyway, Stanika. You know, if you're out there and you see this, I just would love to know uh, the meaning of your name. That being said, uh, I will give you guys the breakdown of Stanika. Uh, she's 32. Stanika lives in Mississippi. And while she may have zero experience when it comes to dating, she has definitely put in the work to discover herself. Absolutely. Now she's ready to share that with the sexy and confident Moroccan man. All right. So she's 32 from Jackson, Mississippi. She's a realtor. She also has her own business, a photo booth business. She's never in her 32 years been in a relationship. And she talks about um, being insecure. She talks about her weight. Uh, back in 2016, she was uh, 283 pounds and she had that waist weight loss surgery, gastric bypass, um, and is down to 187 pounds. And she, in that, not only for the with the weight loss part of it, but also with the self-reflection um, and thinking about like her securities and insecurities, uh, she's been working on all of that to become this fabulous butterfly of a woman. Um, so she wants someone to love her for her. And she wants someone to love her for herself that can share her life with her. And she talks about um, she wants someone to love her whatever size she is, because she doesn't know if she's going to always be, if she's going to lose more weight, if she's going to gain more weight. But she's at a point where she's accepting herself. And I just thought that that was a beautiful thing. Very. Um, because she does share how, like, growing up, that was a big thing where she felt like she was invisible. She felt like she uh, wasn't seen. And part of it is she felt was her weight. Um, <clears throat> she talks about how she never met an American man that treats her well. And a friend of hers is in a relationship with a man from Morocco. And that man treats her friend like a queen. And so therefore that's why she chose Morocco. I want to know more information about this person. Hell yeah. So she believes her dream man is from Morocco. And so she's hiring a matchmaker. And we'll talk about that shortly. Now, here's the thing. Okay. Stanika, again, beautiful soul, very open about what she's looking for and her self journeys and all this stuff. And so I implore you to like research Morocco because it was clear to me that you kind of know nothing about Morocco. Her matchmaker was not helping her when she was asking like what to wear because she doesn't know anything about the culture and matchmaker's like, just wear whatever. Ma'am, ma'am, no, she cannot just wear whatever. 
That's what I'm trying to say. Let's let's set set these people up for success. It's obvious to me that from the jump, we're looking at people who are looking for love and have been looking for love for a long time, right? So let's set them up with matchmakers. Yeah, you have an 80 set 80% success rate. Apparently, Nina, her matchmaker, has a hundred percent success rate. I'm gonna need y'all to be open and honest with your matches. Set them up for success. Yes. Okay. That being said, <laughs> April says, I haven't seen many good examples. <laughs> that being said, her um, matchmaker, Nina, gorgeous as well. Uh, so this is Nina. And Nina... is a Moroccan matchmaker. This is what it says. The synopsis says Moroccan matchmaker Nina will take on Stanika and Mark, who we haven't met yet, as her clients. She grew up in New Jersey as a Palestinian. Um, so she's uniquely skilled for matching Arabs with Americans. And she's especially excited to uphold her undefeated matchmaking record. So she's... You know, American, New Jersey, born and raised, uh, but her parents are from Palestine. And so she kind of knows both worlds. Perfect matchmaking record, uh, Arabs and Americans. Now, my first question to you, April, is do you think that that is what Stanika is signing up for, that she specifically wants to meet an Arab man? I don't know that she really knows the difference. You know, in the in the conversation with the family, when they talked about different religion, different culture, she just kind of brushed it off. Like, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. It's a huge deal. And again, you guys, these are people that have not found, she's never had a relationship. I don't want her to go halfway across the world and be improperly matched and ill-informed. That's yeah. not setting her up for success, in my opinion. I'm I'm afraid of her having this as a first experience, but at the same time, I was a little bit confused when she said that she didn't have a boyfriend before because she said that she, um, her dating hasn't gone very well and men haven't treated her right. So you, you never had a boyfriend, you were only dating, you don't claim those boyfriends anymore, which I understand I don't claim some mine either. Like, well, I what think exactly is going on there? Having a boyfriend and hooking up are two different things, right? Okay, so she was having like... I mean, I don't know, but I, I know that you can only say these people are my boyfriends if they indeed were your boyfriends or significant others. Hooking up with someone is hooking up. But if they don't claim you, you can't claim them. I mean, that's how you start yeah. to have issues. Okay. I so, will tell you something that I think is hilarious to this day. It's not even about boyfriend. It's just something that I was like, this is not true. So uh, we'll call him Ricky. So I had a friend who I thought was a great friend, and his name was Ricky. Mm -hmm. And I'm making that. That is not his name, but I need it for this reference. Okay. So Ricky and I used to hang out all the time totally plutonic great friend i thought we were like he was like one of the boy like one of the besties 
until Ricky, until Ricky one day, I heard a rumor that Ricky was telling some falsehoods in our group of friends. So Ricky told his friends, because that's how it ended up, uh, that him and I hooked up, which was 100% not true. Never happened ever. Not, not once, not even like a little peck on the cheek, none of that. And so when I heard, April, when I heard this, I had to like, talk to him. So I sat him down. I was like, Hey, Ricky, are you telling people that we hooked up? It's like, yeah, remember on, you know, April 15th at 12 noon. I was like, that is a very specific and B that never happened. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, it did. I was like, no, it did it. And it was like a whole weird conversation. Cause it, in his mind, it happened. It did not happen. And is he, does he exhibit some problems today that- I don't know, we are no longer beginning? friends. Oh. That's sorry, really weird. Not sorry. So anyway, I say all that to say, so, I mean, you have, if you're claiming someone, someone has to claim you back. You can't just make shit up and be like, hey, yeah, that was my man. <laughs> and that was not your man, or that was my woman, and that was not your woman. Mm -hmm. Like, we're all grown adults here. A hookup is a hookup. A date is a date. Even if you want to date, nothing happens. That doesn't mean that that's your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your significant other. If you go out half a dozen times, unless you guys specifically say we're exclusive to each other, you guys don't. You guys are are not together. Like, let's all be realistic here. I believe let's, that. Let's not get all crazy and and such. Okay, so back to Nina. Nina, the matchmaker. Uh, her word, she's undefeated when it comes to matchmaking. Uh, Crystal has a question. I don't really know. Crystal says they need to say success rate for what? You know what? I have, I have a guess. I think they're saying their success rate to pitch the show kind of against um, Indian matchmaking, where Auntie Seema has like a horrible success rate. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. So Danica, like Harold, is going to have a couple of uh, challenges as far as I'm concerned. So one of the challenges is she's never left the country. So she's never left America. And now she's going to head halfway across the world to go to uh, um, an Arab country that has different rules and regulations. Uh, she's going to get on a plane for the very first time. And if anyone has taken an extended trip, a long journey for the first time, if you don't have that experience behind your, under your belt, behind your belt, whatever that saying is, then it can be something that it's quite the experience. Do you agree, April? I agree. Okay, so she has that as well. She's also going to have the language barrier, right? So not only does she know nothing about Morocco specifically, but there can, and I mean, they do speak English, but there can be that language barrier there, as well as the religious component that, I don't know, has Nina talked to Stanika and has Stanika said that this is something that's important or not important to her? Because as I tell you guys all the time, that's a conversation that you have to have, even as, as my friend, 
April and I had to have that conversation because I didn't know what she believed and did not believe. And she didn't know what I believed and didn't believe, but we had the conversation. And, and that's something that you would think that if there was going to be a love relationship, which this show is based on, that your matchmaker would ask you that question. Yeah, I guess we'll get to know more of that when she gets there and they get together, or at least I'm hoping we'll get to know more of that. I'm also like really curious what echo, what like socioeconomic status is she gonna of matches is is she gonna give to Stanika? That part too. So uh, Stanika and her cousin Jen are shopping, and uh, they're shopping for this trip. And in that, Stanika gets a little bit emotional because she's never been in love. Um, she's never had a boyfriend and her friend, her not her friend, her cousin, Jen, is also equally concerned because she doesn't want her to go halfway across the world and get her heart broken for the very first time and be by herself and not around like her friends and her family who have always been there to support her. Um, but Sneak has all the faith. She believes in Nina, her matchmaker, to find her her first boyfriend. Um, and so she's going to do it. And in the meantime, she calls nina with this outfit it's like a little short jumper romper and says you know she asked the question though april she does ask the question she's like hey nina i don't know anything and i'm paraphrasing hey nina i don't know anything about morocco i've never been there i've never left the country i'm shopping for this trip is this outfit appropriate and nina says don't worry about it. You can wear whatever you want. It. What did she say? She also goes on to say that it's a um, modern and open-minded in Morocco. So yeah, just wear what you want. She must be in a different part of Morocco than I was in. Because this is how I dressed the whole time I was in Morocco. <laughs> That's really very like everything covered up. I very rarely saw people's legs out. Very, very rarely. Everybody was very covered. I haven't been to Morocco, uh, but I have been to Saudi Arabia, which is, you know, predominantly Arab as well. And as a female and a tourist, I too was always covered up, like covered, like how Nicole complains about being covered, covered out of respect. Um, and also listen, you, like, at least in Saudi, they will stop the male companion or figure that you're with and be like, what's happening here? What's happening here? Like they will get in trouble for you. Now I didn't have to wear a hijab, but yeah, like that romper with like, you know, if you see what's happening with my shirt right here, that romper and this kind of neckline is not happening. No, like you want to. I think that when you go somewhere, you want to try and blend in as much as possible. You're going to stick out some. People are going to know that you're a foreigner, but don't call more attention to yourself, especially if you're American. Like, we're already too loud. And April is speaking for her American self. <laughs> as she travels with the Canadian flag. <laughs> As soon as my plane lands, I'm like, maple leaf. <laughs> yeah, her and her friends, y'all. Her and her friends. 
April sent me a little something. I was like, oh, oh, oh. So all the things that I talked about, you actually do do those things? <laughs> Got it. Got it. I try to be better than the average American, but let me tell you guys, the spirit gets you sometimes. <laughs> it like, it wells up in you. When somebody like won't give you what you want and you're in a store, it like, you can feel it coming on. <laughs> Uh, it's also <clears throat> Sneeka's birthday, and oh lord, Sneeka uh, is celebrating with her family. So she's with her mom Yvonne, uh, her sisters Marilyn and Tamika. And was the man her dad or stepdad? Okay, because they didn't they didn't give him a little title name. There was no lower <laughs> third for him. I was like, oh. He just, just sits there because he says something that I'm like, who is that? <laughs> so she tells her family uh, that she's going to Morocco and they are not impressed. They are like, you don't know anything about Morocco and you never even left the country and you ain't never had a man. And her mom is like, you're not even supposed to be looking for a man. A man is supposed to be looking for you. <laughs> then they're like, this is how I just was like, oh God, this is a hot mess. Then they're like, the family was like, and why would you want to go over there and get a man from there? They want more than one wife. You can find your love right here in America. <laughs> and then, you know, cause I just, I just like, was like, mm. oh my God, this is going to be fantastic. When the sister, okay, wait. <laughs> when the sister is like, so what, how are you doing this? And, and Stanika explains that she hired a matchmaker and her name is Nina and such. And when the sister said, April, well, have you checked her credit ability? My note is just LOL. Like, I've died right now. Do you remember the video of the girl who was waiting for the bus and the bus never, never came? And she's like, <laughs> I can't even say this. Interologically, I've been waiting for the bus. <laughs> like, I'm going to find it and send it to you when we get done. But like, there was a, she was doing a serious news report about how she'd been waiting for the bus and the bus wasn't reliable. And then she butchered this word she was using. I'm gonna send it to you. Now I butcher words all the time and I butcher sayings all the time, but I butcher words that are actual words, not just like. Well, she started off wanting to say, have you checked her credentials? But somewhere along the line, she wanted to say, did you check her ability? Credibility. Credit credibility. Credit your credentials and then ability. And then she made a mashup. That's an excellent way to put it. She made a mashup. <laughs> Hashtag mashup. I was like, oh, this whole family is gonna be great TV. Because mm -hmm. they are just doing a whole lot yeah i wish mom was going to morocco with her yeah because her mom with the facial expressions 
her mom was like, I am not having any of this. <laughs> not any of it. Um, so one of the reasons that I thought that it was only going to be the three of them is because of this poster, right? It shows the three main people that we meet in, in episode one, season one, and the three matchies. That's why I was surprised that there were like four other people, you guys, that we're going to be meeting. Um, but my overall thoughts, I love it. I love it. I, I think it's entertaining. I think it's refreshing. I think that it's a great take. I hope they take the I hope they take the opportunity, April, to also because apparently they're gonna be spending like three weeks in this country of their choice. And I hope that we get to see the countries as well. We get to see some of the customs, we get to see, you know, the culture. Right. I hope Not the dates are dates that explore the country that part yeah. and are reflective of where they are i don't want to just be in some random cafe with the one camera shot mm -hmm. on the two people talking about how different they are because they're from different places right like, give me a little more than that so i'm hoping that that they've had ample opportunity with all the multiple spin-offs to do a little tweaking and they did some tweaking for 90 Day Fiance, the other way, the tell-all, the way they tweaked that a little bit after all these years. So I'm going to go ahead and hope that they've gone, gone ahead and tweaked the travel component of this. But I'm going to keep my expectations low. Oh, yeah, I'm going to keep them low. But I was entertained for this episode. I was. I'm going to apply for this show. <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Midwife Crystal could go ahead and apply for this show as well. Midwife Crystal, what um, country are you going to choose when you apply? Uh, well, I'll choose it for her. She can choose oh. England. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> we like to go across the pond. Yeah. She likes to go across the pond. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, maybe we'll start that little rumor. <laughs> crystal, Crystal, Crystal. Peer pressure, peer pressure. Right. She ignores me when I do that, though. Um, you guys, thank you so much for being here. Don't forget to like and subscribe uh, the Melanated Way, as well as over on April's page at Holloway Legal PLLC. And uh, we'll be doing this show at this time slot. She says, do it, April. <laughs> and what are you going to say to her, it. April? Say it again. What are you going to say to Crystal? Uh, Crystal, let's do it together. That let's far. both side up. And um, but I'm not gonna pick England though. So Where we'll just have to like. I don't. Not 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 England. I would want to. I want to pick a country that is a place that I also would want to live at some. Yeah, point. that's why we had this conversation yesterday, which you know, I had to sit with. But <laughs> where would you go? I my last trip to Colombia was really really nice. Um, I loved Cartagena. I could see living there. I loved where I used to live in Mexico and San Luis Potosí. I could see living there. Um, but I also really loved Turkey. Okay. So I could see living there too. So maybe one of those countries or Iceland. I really liked, I like cold weather vacations now more than warm weather vacations. So I really loved being there. I don't know where I would choose. This 
bring me a sexy accent and I'll go there. <laughs> so German. <laughs> I do. I do love a British accent. Uh, I do love an Australian accent, but you know, I also do love like an Afro Latino type of person. So, you know, I don't know. I'm all over the place. Well, that's good. You have an open mind. You're open to love. April would be great for me since she knows so much. It could go either way. It could go either way. <laughs> it could be April. awesome or it could be horrible. <laughs> I think April would be great TV. I think <laughs> I think between if you guys have been following our journey so far together in our co-hosting, uh, we've learned a lot about April. I know a lot of you love her and I love her too, but you know, when she throws out those golden nuggets, you know, between the low level scams and the fact that she said, go ahead and marry someone for a green card and go ahead and set your Tinder to what country you want to live. I mean, listen, I am learning a whole lot, a whole lot, a whole lot. It's a mutual scam, midwife K, a mutual scam. We, but we all get what we want. That's what I want. I want, like, I feel like every relationship. She did not say mutual originally. (laughs) Go and watch the show because I wrote it down. Y'all know I love my notes. She said low level. But what was that? Yeah, no, at, at that time, it was, you know, some low level scams going on, some low stakes scamming. Um, but listen, I think all parties were satisfied. Listen, everyone came in knowing what they wanted. Yeah. And they were yeah. all, everyone was enlightened by the situation. Agreed. Agreed. So, so come back, guys. Come, come back. back. We will be back Monday and Tuesdays, you guys. Uh, but what I was saying, so we're going to try this earlier time slot. If you're watching the replay, uh, let us know what you think about the time slot for this show, uh, because Match Me Abroad, we're going to be looking at this time slot on this date weekly. Until next time, you guys, bye for now. Bye-bye.